You're listening to the Misty Creek Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Misty Creek Community Church, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. Today's message is from Senior Pastor Stephen Street. The Holy Spirit has changed my life. I was always brought up to know the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, which seemed pretty scary to me. When I found out in 2013, really and truly, who the Holy Spirit was, it transformed me. The Holy Spirit is the convictor. He's the friend, comforter, teacher, counselor. He builds unity within the church, and He gives good gifts to His children. He seals us when we accept Christ, and He lives within us, but He's much more than that. He fills us with power. We see in Acts that Jesus tells us He must leave us so that the Holy Spirit can come. That Holy Spirit comes in power. I look at it like this. If you're given a lamp and you never plug it in, that lamp is useless. When we plug into our power source, which is the Holy Spirit, He gives us supernatural power that we couldn't have unless we were plugged into Him. I see this like, I love Jesus. He was my strength. But the way I was living my Christian life was in my power, my goodness, my boldness, my strength. I tried really hard. To be honest, I think a lot of the things that I did before were maybe dead works because it was all done in my strength. When I figured out the power of the Holy Spirit and gave my heart and life and soul, mind and body to Him, He began giving me strength and power that I had never felt before. It's a supernatural thing. It's living in a life that is supernaturally charged. I expect now the supernatural because I expect the Holy Spirit who is at work within me. I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We see this all throughout Scripture, how Jesus says that we will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He says in Acts 1-5 that John baptized in water, but that the disciples would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I believe so much in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I have received that. And it's a filling of the Holy Spirit. When we give our lives to Christ and become Christians, yes, indeed, He is within us, and the Holy Spirit seals us. But when we ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit comes upon us, which is very different. I've experienced the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, which is talked about in 1 Corinthians 12. They're the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which come upon us for maybe a season, whether it be knowledge, wisdom, prophecy, healings, speaking in tongues. Those types of things come and go as the Holy Spirit comes upon us and gives us those gifts. Those are different from the motivational gifts that we see in Romans 12. There's so much to be said about this, but the main thing is that the Holy Spirit, when you understand God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, 
it finally makes sense. The analogy I use, too, is like water. It has different forms, whether it be liquid, vapor, or solid. The Trinity is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing, but different roles, different roles for each person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is a He, absolutely, and He speaks in a very sweet, small, still voice. And I believe the Holy Spirit is how we hear the voice of God. That was Marty Shamless. Marty and Brett are very active members here at Misty Creek Community Church. Uh, Marty is co-chair of our hospitality team. She and Brett also host our weekly Power Hour of Prayer. She is anointed. She's filled with the Holy Spirit. She's been baptized by the Holy Spirit. And we're very thankful to have her and Brett as members of our church. And Brett also serves on our finance team. And he is filled with the Holy Spirit as well. Every Sunday, every single Sunday at Misty Creek Community Church is Pentecost. Every Sunday. Not just last Sunday. But every single Sunday, we have a true, authentic encounter with the Holy Spirit of God, the living presence of God in this place. And I know, I know you desire that. And I'm so thankful that you're here today. This is the summer. Not long ago, somebody said to me, hey, do you just like repeat your messages in the summer? And does Doug just do the same songs because everybody's gone? I said, never. We don't do that. I mean, we may do the same songs. We may quote a scripture that you've heard before occasionally. But every week, Doug and I meet, and we plan with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And we believe, as I think you believe as well, that God deserves our very best every single Sunday. And I would go as far to say he deserves our very best every single moment, every single day of our lives. So this is a teaching on the Holy Spirit. As we're in the season of Pentecost, it's very appropriate. So I invite you to, you've got sermon notes there in your seats. If you're watching online, I invite you to really listen today with your heart. Because you will not be the same person you were when you walked in these doors when you leave today. If you open your heart to receive the Holy Spirit. So Doug has already invited the Holy Spirit to be with us through worship. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit now to fill us. So would you pray with me? Repeat after me. Holy Spirit, come into this place and fill my heart. Holy Spirit, speak through me. Live through me. Be with me. Cleanse me. Renew me. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we've called on the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for being here. We honor you today, we worship you, and we give you our very best. We give you, as a three-year-old preschooler told me one time when I asked her, what was the greatest gift that we can give Jesus? And a little three-year-old said, our hearts, our hearts. So Holy Spirit, we give you our hearts, and we know that you will speak to our hearts now. There are three ingredients that are necessary to take the gospel. Here it is up here. To take the gospel of Jesus Christ into the world. The first is power. Jesus in his final instructions to his disciples told them to wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. That power would be the Holy Spirit at work in their lives. For example, 
on the day of Pentecost that we celebrated last week, that we celebrate every Sunday here at Misty Creek, on that day, that literal day, Simon Peter, the disciple, preached, and over 3,000 souls were added to the church that day. But that's not all. In a relatively brief period of history, the tiny Christian community swept across the entire Roman, Roman Empire, and eventually the Emperor Constantine legalized Christianity in the entire Roman Empire. Think about that movement, how powerful the Christian faith was during that time. Power was promised and power was delivered. The very gates of hell were threatened by the battering ram of God's Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is experienced, people walk with confidence and courage. No one asks, can we dare do this? Can we try this? Nothing is impossible to people who are led by the Holy Spirit. Misty Creek Community Church is an example, a living example of people who are led by the Spirit. This past Thursday, in this chapel, our leadership team and our renovations team gathered with our two architects that we just contracted with. I was in Oregon on conference call with them, and I listened in. It was powerful. The Spirit was with us. Those two architects are Christians. Their organization is a Christian organization. You see what God has done once again? He has equally yoked us with an architectural firm as we look to do renovations and expand. But the number one thing, the overarching theme of that meeting was, how can we partner with the Holy Spirit and grow the kingdom of God? So it's not all about expanding this space. It's not all about building a pavilion and renovating the back building. And it is about that, but it's not just about that. How can we be the body of Christ to a world that is hurting and so desperate right now? As Mary Nell reminded us in her prayer today. There's no sadder thing that can happen when a person or a group of people have a sense of powerlessness, like they can't do anything. Last night, I was on the phone with Kelly Fletcher. Kelly sings in our worship team. Her daddy, here locally, had a stroke, and she's in New York City. And I called her and texted her, and she said, I feel powerless. I feel helpless. You ever felt that way before? Someone you love is ill or sick and you're a long ways away from them. Maybe you've got parents, aging parents in assisted living, and they're hours away from you and you want to be there and you want to help them through this, this time in their lives and make sure they receive the best quality comfort care that they possibly can receive. You've got a child that lives away, grandchildren that live far away. Something happens and you want to be there, but you, but you can't be there. It's too far. You won't get there in time. You feel powerless. You feel helpless. There's a situation in your life right now that you don't feel like you have control of and your family lives right with you. And it's overwhelming. Do you know that feeling? Helplessness? Powerlessness? But you know something? Even in our whining, God can do a lot more than we think he can. He's big enough for our whining. He's big enough for our helplessness and our powerlessness. If God is with us, we can say to the mountains, be moved. And those mountains will be moved if we say it in faith, if we trust God and we believe in God. They may not be moved the way we think it should be moved, but God's ways are much higher than our ways. 
So are his thoughts much higher than our thoughts. And he always comes to, through. I can promise you that, folks, if you are faithful and obedient and you trust in him. Every study of growing churches indicates that the attitude of the congregation is the important ingredient in the vitality of the church's witness. Basically, what it's saying is there must be unity. We must be unified together. If we believe that it's God's will that we should be a church that is alive and growing and serving the needs of people, then we will be. A great example of that was yesterday. We needed 1,100 lunches to deliver to eight different shelters. 30% of our congregation is out of town this weekend. And we're thinking, man, we're going to be real low on lunches. God says, <laughs> ye of little faith, 1,100 lunches showed up and were delivered and no shelter was shorted. How about that? That's because you're faithful. You step in and you fill in the gap. That's because your neighbors and others in this community are partnering with us. People that haven't even stepped foot on this campus are making lunches. I'll be in that parking lot and folks will drive up and I have no idea who they are. And they've got a trunk filled with lunches. That's because you're getting the word out that there is a need. And people want to respond to a need. People want to serve. And it gives you an opportunity to tell them about this wonderful church. Listen to this. I got a text message from Deborah Gilly. Do y'all remember Deborah? Next Sunday marks the one-year anniversary that Deborah moved to Greenville, South Carolina. It also marks the three-year anniversary of her sweet husband, one of our founding members, David, who passed away. Three years. She sent me a text and she said, some dear friends of mine were eating at Goldberg's. You ever eat at Goldberg's? Got a really good chicken sandwich there. That's the only thing I ever get. Parker DeFries and I would go and eat lunch there sometimes. They got a good chicken sandwich. And so they're there, and the waitress is there, and they invite the waitress to church, and they ask the waitress if she's a follower of Christ. And she said, you are the second people that have asked me that today. She said, the other people gave me this card. And she reached in to her back pocket, and she pulled out. Guess what card she pulled out? She pulled out a Misty Creek card. We don't know who that person was. They, couldn't, they don't know. The lady couldn't remember their name. But gave them a Misty Creek card. How many of you have done that? How many of you even have one of these cards? I have a 1,000 of them back there. I would advise you to take some of these and invite folks. Invite them to be here and experience this Holy Spirit that you're learning about to hear about and connect with the God they might have never known that you know about. And if you don't know, you will know before the end of this service. I can guarantee you that. Folks, it's not simply the power of positive thinking. It is trust and a promise. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you shall have power. Power. The second ingredient in taking the gospel to Christ of Christ to the world is purpose. There is no power without a great purpose, calling us to accomplish great things. And this purpose that we have is a shared vision. God declares through the prophet Joel, he says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. What vision has God given to the people called Christians? It's a vision that the entire world would be joined together into one family, the family of God. Not just one nation under God, but the entire world 
under the authority, rule, and reign of God Almighty. Bowing at the knee of Jesus Christ. That every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That day will come when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So you keep giving those cards out. You keep telling your story. You keep inviting folks to church. We need to do that. So, one family united under one God. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit gave the disciples the vision and the power to reach every person on earth, every person on earth with the ministry and message of Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? Every person on earth. He gave them that power, the same power that he gives you to reach all people of every nation. It's why people from every nation and language and culture and color gather in churches all over the world to worship and work in the name of Jesus Christ. And he is being praised right now in churches all over the world. The Holy Spirit was drawing the circle of our family as large as possible to include the whole world. Can you and I visualize what it would require for us to make the kind of impact on our community that God calls for us to make? And I'm asking you to start with just giving out a little card and sharing a little bit of your story, maybe all of it, developing a relationship with someone, getting to know them and inviting them. What would we need to do to minister to the needs of persons within the sphere of influence of this congregation if we were all God calls us to be? Because the Holy Spirit is given to enlarge our vision to go and do ministry. The Holy Spirit isn't just for us to keep bottled up inside, to get outside the church walls. And yes, one of our priorities as a church, our renovations team, our leadership team, is to build this pavilion. And I would even say build it 30% bigger than we want it to be. Build it even bigger, as big as we can, as big as the city will let us. <laughs> build it big so that people can see and there's an outward invisible sign out there that Jesus Christ is being glorified as people walk by and as people drive by. A lot of you started coming to this church because you saw some activity out under that tent. You saw people out on the lawn there. It drew you in. That's what God does. He draws us close to him. Draw me near Jesus. And he will. That's our purpose, folks, to find those who need healing and truth. That's our purpose, our reason for being. It's the vision given to us by Christ. Where there is no vision, the Bible declares, the people perish. That's in Proverbs. Where there's no vision, the people perish. I'm thankful that Misty Creek is an outward church, not an inward church. A church called by the Holy Spirit to take the gospel of Christ to the world has power it has purpose and it has one more thing. It has God's presence. And I know a lot of times we pray for God's provision. Provide me this. Give me this. Fulfill this need. But I would encourage you every day to pray for his presence. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek his presence. Lord, I want to be in your presence. Be near to me. Be close to me. Fill me as we prayed early on 
with your Holy Spirit. And then you can start praying for his provisions. You need his presence before the provision. Jesus had ascended to be with the Father. What were the disciples supposed to do? He had left them. He was the way, the truth, and the life for them. What would happen to the sheep without the shepherd? They were not to worry, Jesus told them. He said, I will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He didn't say one day, two days, once a week. He said, forever. And that counselor came like a mighty wind, like tongues of fire on Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is Christ's presence in the hearts of his followers. Many of you know the story of Florence Nightingale. I have talked about her a lot because I am a clinical chaplain and I work with nurses. And Florence Nightingale is highly respected. Matter of fact, when a nurse becomes certified, she will read the Florence Nightingale Pledge. And it's a powerful pledge. I'm not going to read that this morning. But Florence Nightingale was a social reformer and the founder of modern nursing. She led a team of women who provided medical care to British soldiers in the Crimean War in the 1850s. The improvements she instituted in medical care and cleanliness in the medical tents saved countless soldiers' lives. She was known for her tireless care for her patients. At night, she made rounds to all the medical tents. The soldiers knew from her light, the light of her lamp, that she was working through the night and that she was coming to care for them and they needed her. They even nicknamed her Lady of the Lamp. Nightingale once said, If I could give you information of my life, it would be to show how a woman of very ordinary ability has been led by God in strange and unaccustomed paths, to do in his service what he has done in her. And if I could tell you all, you would see how God has done all and I nothing. I have worked hard, very hard, that is all. And I have never refused God anything. What an inspiration. I have never refused God anything. And I'm not going to refuse myself some water because i got a tickling in my throat. <laughs> Thank you for aqua. Hmm. Mm. Now that's some quality H2O. Four of you got that reference. She says, I have never refused God anything. Take one more look at the believers gathered together in the upper room in Jerusalem. They were men and women of very ordinary ability. Just like you and me and Florence Nightingale. They weren't chosen because they had any particular skill or charisma or courage, but God chose to bless them with God's power, God's purpose, and God's presence through the Holy Spirit. And through them, God chose to bless the whole world with the message and ministry of Jesus Christ. That is who we are today. We're not alone. God is with us, and Pentecost reminds us that God is in us, that he's in us. He has not left us comfortless or powerless or without purpose. A mighty wind has roared. God has sent flames of power and purpose and presence on us. Now it's time for us to go do his will, to preach the kingdom of God and to do acts of mercy and justice and healing that show the world the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How can you do this most effectively? In her testimony about the Holy Spirit, Marty introduced us to the God you might have never known. 
the Holy Spirit. In our passage that the girls read so well today, from John 14, 16 through 18, here it is. Why don't we read this together? You ready? And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus continually uses the words he and him when referring to the Holy Spirit because he is not an it. He's not an it. He is a person. If you don't see the Holy Spirit as a person, you will not develop a personal relationship with him. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The word helper comes from the Greek word parakletos. It means to come alongside, to console, intercessor, advocate, and comforter. Comforter. How many of you, especially you ladies, have a guest bedroom in your house? Any of you? Have a guest room in your house? How many of you have one of those comforters that you have on the bed that's for show? It's not really to sleep under. Maybe you even have it on your bed. It's a nice comforter, you know. You spent a lot of money on it. Maybe you got it from Belk. And it's on your bed. And you walk in one day, and your husband or your son, one of your kids, is wrapped up in that comforter that's meant to be for show. You're like, what are you doing? Get out from under that comforter. That's not to be used. I'm going to have to take it to the cleaners now. It costs $60 to get a comforter clean. And if you're the husband, you're like, oh, I made a big mistake. $60? Are you kidding me? I don't really understand that, but you ladies in the audience, you know what I'm talking about. You understand that. The Holy Spirit, the comforter that I'm talking about, is meant to be used. He wants to embrace you and engulf you and hold you and lift you up and encourage you you at all times. The Holy Spirit is my helper. He helps me know what not to say and what to say. When you hear yourself think, I probably shouldn't say this or I probably shouldn't have said that, that indeed could be the Holy Spirit prompting you not to say that or reminding you, why did you say that? Why did you not consult me before you had that anger outburst and you really hurt her or him or them And even more than that, you made yourself look like a fool. You made yourself look evil. Listen to my still, small voice, as Marty reminded us in her audio. The Holy Spirit's voice might be small in comparison to the world's voice, but I will tell you this, the Holy Spirit has a lot more power than the world. The world really has no power. It's just convinced you that it does. The world has convinced you that you need to please the world and please man. That's absolutely false. The truth is, you are to please your heavenly Father and always seek first to honor your heavenly Father. To give your very best, as Doug and I, when we're planning worship, Lord, we give our very best through your inspiration by the guidance of your Holy Spirit. Our leadership team, our renovations team, in prayer with the architects, Lord, work through us. Give us your vision to do the very best job 
to bring glory to you and honor to you. What you want, not what I want, or even what we want. We want your will to be accomplished. It's a different kind of mindset, and you only have that mindset by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. You can't have that mindset alone. You need the Holy Spirit to prompt you and give you the words to say. And the Holy Spirit even intercedes for you and will pray for you when you are speechless. The Holy Spirit is my comforter and my helper. The Holy Spirit is my friend. And the Holy Spirit is not weird. Weird. You know what I'm talking about. You used to think back in the day, you went to Grandmama's church. My grandmother was Pentecostal. And then she started going to the Baptist church. And that Baptist church became Pentecostal pretty quickly. <laughs> I used to think that was weird. But my grandmama's not weird. She was filled with the living, breathing Holy Spirit of God. She could not contain it. She didn't want to contain it. And she taught me, don't you contain it. So I don't contain it. I go a little crazy at times. And that's okay. I lift my hands at times. And that's okay. You may have been a part of a tradition for years when your hands stayed like this and you stayed stiff and rigid in your hands in your pocket. You know, there are folks that praise God just as much as you do and they're like this or they're like this. They have their way of worshiping and that's fine. But some of you, when you started to come in the Misty Creek, you became free. You realize that this church was part of a movement, a movement of the Holy Spirit. This church was not some institution. This church cares about everybody. Every person is of sacred worth and deserving of God's grace and God's love. No matter where you come from, no matter what gifts you have or what gifts you don't have, no matter what you look like, no matter if you have ADD or you have a disability, or maybe you're not as smart as you like to be. For in God's eyes, we are all the same. We're equal. And he loves us. And that's how we see you. Because we see you through God's eyes. And the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to do that. We can't do that in our own flesh. Our flesh will fail us and cause us to judge. And cause us to separate and categorize and confuse. The Holy Spirit does not do that. The Holy Spirit brought unity in that room that day. And over 3,000 people came to know Jesus Christ. And the Christian movement became the fastest growing movement that's ever existed in humanity. Wow. And you're a part of that movement. How about that? Acts 1.8. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses throughout the world. The Holy Spirit is my God. He is a full and equal member of the Trinity. And again, he's not weird. He's not some mystical power. He is real. And he's my comforter. I use that illustration because I want you to really understand that he's your comforter. He's your advocate. He's closer than a brother or a sister. And he's right next to you this morning. Right here in this place in our midst and he's very happy that you're here he helps me know what to say and what not to say at the baptism of Jesus in Luke 322 
all three persons of the Trinity are present. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. You ever heard of the prophet Zephaniah? Zephaniah is a minor prophet. His book's really small in the Bible, but he had a huge impact. God used him in a mighty way, even though there's not a lot about Zephaniah. In Zephaniah 3.17, there's some powerful words that remind us that the Spirit of God was with Zephaniah, that the Spirit of God was with us at the very beginning of creation when the Spirit hovered over the waters. And so I invite you in the middle of this message to close your eyes for a moment. And let's meditate on this passage. Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight over you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. He is rejoicing over you right now. He is very pleased with you that you are here that you are watching, and that you have called upon His Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Continue to be with us through the remainder of this service. Amen. John 14, 26. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit will do that, will teach you and remind you of everything that I have said to you. John 15, 26, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. John 16, 13 says, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. All truth, the only truth, comes from God. You don't develop the truth. Your truth is not the truth. The world's truth is not the truth. You didn't create yourself. God created you. And he's given you a copy. You're blessed and fortunate because you live in a country where we have an abundance of Bibles. We have them on our phone. There's like 24 translations now. We have the Word of God at our fingertips. And yet for some of you, if you were to admit you haven't cracked open the Bible this week, you haven't looked at it on your phone, you have access to the greatest power ever known. And you're not soaking it up. That's going to change today. And if you become part of Mystic Creek Community Church, you're going to be consumed with the Holy Spirit and the fire of God through His Word. We are a Bible-teaching, preaching church, a truth-seeking, truth-teaching, that's a lot to say, truth-speaking church. We don't compromise. We don't piecemeal the gospel. We don't word it down. We don't add to it. We don't take away. It is the Word of God, as you said in your prayer, for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And there's nothing weird about that, folks. The Holy Spirit can guide you into all truth because He knows all truth. He is omniscient, 
all-knowing. The Holy Spirit knows everything. God can never think of anything he's never thought of before. One of the benefits of being a Christian is you have someone living inside you who knows everything and has committed himself to be your teacher. However, you need to listen to this. You will never ask him for an answer if you don't believe he's a person. Why would you have a conversation with a force or a power? Really? Why would you have a conversation with an it? Would you dare refer to your spouse as an it? Hey, it, come here. You'd be going to counseling pretty quick if you did that. Cousin it. Is it possible that the Holy Spirit is trying to help us think like God thinks, desire what God desires, and feel what God feels? According to Scripture, He lives inside you. The Holy Spirit can tell you what God thinks, desires, and feels about any situation because He is God. So in essence, you can know the mind, the thoughts, and the will of God. Paul does a whole teaching on this. You can know the thoughts, the mind, the will, and the attitude of Christ. If you are a born-again Christian and have received Jesus Christ into your heart, then he has baptized you with the Holy Spirit. You heard Marty speak of this, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you say, well, I was baptized in water. I was sprinkled as an infant. I was dunked in the Chattahoochee last spring by Pastor Doug and, and Pastor Stephen. Never experienced anything like that. And if you were there, that was an anointed experience. The Holy Spirit was with us. It was a powerful time as people were baptized, fully immersed, and people remembered their baptism. And the big old branch loaded with water was sprinkled on them. That's baptism by water, and that's a wonderful thing. But a teaching you may have never heard, and I'm going to go deeper into this teaching starting in August and September, is being baptized in the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit. Jesus does that when you receive him. Now you've been introduced to the God you might not have never known, ever known, the Holy Spirit. Was that worth the wait for you? Maybe you already know all of this. Maybe you need reminding. Remember that you are living in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit with heavenly power lives within you and enables you to witness for Him. It also means that you can unite with other children of God to pray for even greater things than you ever thought possible. And that's what Jesus told his disciples. You're going to be able to do even greater things than I've done when I sinned. When my father sins, we're doing it together. Since the Holy Spirit will give you power. The power of the first disciples lay in the fact that they forgot about themselves and they prayed as one body for the Holy Spirit to descend upon humanity. One body. Through his Holy Spirit... We may experience the presence and love of Jesus at all times. Did you know that? But only through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit must possess us entirely. Not part of us, but all of us. The Holy Spirit will teach us to love the Word and want to be in the Word. You know you have the Holy Spirit. You know you've been baptized in that Spirit when you can't get enough of God's Word. When you want to pray all the time. When you want to serve, 
when everything you do is to bring glory to God. That's how you'll know, folks. And you can get there right now. You don't have to go through a six-week course or a one-year course. You can get there today. It can be immediate for you to where when you leave this place today, you'll have experienced a metamorphosis. Maybe that's a complicated word. Transformation. You see, change is what the world instructs you to do. And change from this way or this habit or this addiction. But when you totally surrender that to the Lord, that habit, that addiction, that curse, then that's transformation. That's a metamorphosis. You'll never be the same. Paul is very specific in that when he says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we are new creations. The old is gone. The new has come. The new is the Holy Spirit that's always been with you since the very moment of conception. But when you receive Jesus Christ, you engage that Holy Spirit to come alive, to burn brightly within you and without you. The Holy Spirit will teach you and strengthen you to have an intimate fellowship with God. Would you like today to move from being powerless to being powerful? Let's pray to receive an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, to be baptized in that spirit. Pray with me if you would. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Come and fill me. Oh, living water, come and cleanse my soul. Come and use me. Make me new. Fill me. Fill my cup, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Baptize me, Holy Spirit. Cleanse me, renew me, deliver me. Make me new. Remove all of the dirt. I've seen the wind blow, Lord. I've seen it because I can see the leaves. I can see the dust. I can see the dirt. I've got a lot of dirt a lot of stuff blowing in my life right now. I need for you to blow it away and fill me with nothing but you, nothing but your goodness. Make me brand new. I've got this burning in my soul, Lord, prompting me to open your word to study it, to read it every day. I've got this burning in my spirit to let go and let you take control of my insecurity, my deficiencies, my animosity, my anxiety, feelings of inadequacy, not being good enough. For in your eyes, I am good enough. I'm more than enough. And you are more than enough to take hold of all of this stuff I'm dealing with. Baptize me with your Spirit, Lord. Receive it, folks. Lift up your hands and receive the Spirit today. Repeat these words with me. Oh, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Baptize me in your love. 
May there be a breakthrough today through my hardened heart. Make me new, a new creation. May your living water flow through me and flow out of me. May I never be the same. On this day, June 12th, 2022, it's the day, O oh Lord, that you baptize me with your Holy Spirit. And I will live in that Spirit, your Spirit, for the rest of my days. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in this place and being Lord of my life. Thanks for creating in me a new heart, a clean heart, O oh God, and restoring in me that spirit that was placed in my heart the day I was conceived. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord God. I love you, Holy Spirit. Amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. For more sermons from Misty Creek Community Church, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like to stream your podcasts. You can also watch videos of our sermons and complete services on the Misty Creek Community Church YouTube channel. And while you're there, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. For more information about our church, including our mission, location, service times, and more, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. God bless you, and thank you for listening.